anything is better than nothing. Um, so if currently you're not checking at all and you're just using the combine locks monitors, then some way to check is better than, than that. Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. The topic today is canola harvest losses, how to measure them and how to reduce them. Why are we thinking about that now? Well, because the Canola Council of Canada was part of a recent combine college indoors in Brandon in March, and we want to capture some of the highlights. My guest today is... Angela Brackmarie, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. A good round number goal when harvesting canola is a one bushel per acre loss. But how do you know what your losses are? Angela starts the conversation with an explanation of how to measure them. I recommend that that the best way, the most foolproof way to ensure you're collecting all of the losses and getting the most representative sample is to disengage the chopper and spreader and take an entire sample. So take everything that that's dropping out the back um so so basically you want to do that once you've you know got the settings that that you you think you want to use once you're at the ground speed that that you expect to be going or you know intend to be going um drop a pan throw a pan take your sample and then and then really the most difficult part after that is separating the the chaff and straw and just keeping keeping the seed. Once you have the seed from that sample, um, then you can weigh it or take a, a volume measurement. Or, you know, for, for people who have done this a lot, who are using the same size pan, you know, and, and, and doing this in a consistent way every time, you can just look um, and, you know, get it all into a corner. I know um, some people will put little tick marks on the corner um, and after uh, kind of verifying you can you can look at what does that seed fill up on those tick marks in in the corner and and know what that represents as far as bushels per acre it's it's not uh, we, we don't need to be precise to like the point you know a decimal point accuracy of bushels per acre because it it just can't be that precise anyway so there's not really any point what are some of the common questions then when it comes to engaging with farmers on this process what what do they need to know or what are they often asking you well i think um for those who aren't doing it at all the first question is why can't i just use my loss monitors um and and so the answer to that is that you know they are a great tool um and they they can certainly be very helpful but if they're not calibrated then then they can be really deceiving um, and, and really, the, the best that they're doing generally is giving you an up or down from a calibrated level. So it's, it's not telling you bushels per acre. It's just telling you, you know, at this moment, your rotor losses or your, your shoe losses are better or worse than they were from some, from some standard level. Once you've done it a number of time, times, can you start to, you know, in your in your mind, cal- use that to calibrate the loss monitors so you know once it's reached this tick, say, this is this is my cutoff point. I don't want to be past this. Yeah, for sure. I um, that's what I think we should be doing is is doing enough checks, 
calibrating those loss monitors so that we can throughout the day use them because it's not realistic to um, you know multiple times throughout the day to be doing these loss checks the way that we currently do them anyways if if a person was to be picking a realistic but ideal target would it be you know two or three tests a day for a couple of days at the beginning of the season and then once a day or once every few days after that or do you have in your mind what the ideal might be well so what i would recommend just to to like you said kind of balance this with what's practical is when you start the season in canola is this is when you need to be doing a very thorough check with the chopper spreaders disengaged check multiple times in this you know in that one uh process uh calibrate your loss monitors to that check make sure and and this is your opportunity then to to really be sure that all of those components are working the way that that you expect them to and you don't have anywhere that you weren't unaware of before um so so do that really really thoroughly expect it's going to take a couple hours realistically and then um from then i just recommend checking every time you have significant differences in conditions so that can be crop conditions or environmental conditions anything beyond that is great um but but like you said, we, this needs to be realistic and practical with what people have for time and resources, right? Now, the two or three hours sounds like a lot, but I suppose if you if you discover that there are certain conditions or just the way your standard settings are are resulting in four or five bushel per acre loss, I mean, that's a, a good return on that time. I don't want to say it's going to take 15 minutes when it it really could take three hours of your time if you're experiencing problems. If if everything's fine, um, then yeah, you could do a check and, and not really need to make significant changes. But but if you aren't happy with the losses and you need to then continue to make three or four different setting changes, it, it, it'll suck up a fair amount of, of time. Joel McDonald was one of the presenters at Combine College. Joel farms in Saskatchewan and has worked with Pammy on some of the harvest loss research. My colleague Taryn Dixon pulled Joel aside at the end of the day to record some of his thoughts. While they talked, people at the Keystone Centre in Brandon were cleaning up after the day and listening to some music. We call that ambiance. Here's Joel adding to Angela's message. The only, the only mistake about managing harvest loss is not checking at all. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's really the number one, um, and, and doing it more often than just once um, uh, is good. Certainly in all crops. Certainly for each machine you have. Yeah. Joel then provides some tips on how to make the process as easy as possible. Um, getting a loss pan that, that's that's quick and easy, right? So if you only run one machine. It's a lot more easy to, to build something that you attach to, right. that kind of stays on there all year long, right? If you've got lots of machines, well, these these commercially available ones are pretty slick because you can you can just go machine to machine to machine, and and the operator can kind of just keep going, right? Um, so that finding a way to to catch some loss that's easy, and then 
also finding a way to separate that loss from uh, separate the grain from the from the mog, finding a way that that you like, whether it be the the leaf blower and a, and a garbage can or um, the the separator or or hand screens. I I like hand screens myself. They work pretty well, um, pretty quick. The Canola Council of Canada has a combine optimization tool at canolacalculator.ca that walks you through the combine settings to improve performance. For example, if you select grain loss as the problem and don't know whether the primary source of loss is the rotor separator system or the cleaning system, the program provides the steps to adjust both. Steps to increase grain separation capacity are Increase rotor cylinder speed in 50 RPM increments. Decrease concave clearance in 5 millimeter increments. Remove separator grate covers. Remove concave blank covers. Adjust rotor vanes to slower position, if available. Remove wires from concave or consider a concave design with more open area. Consider separator grates with more open area. Here's Angela Brackenreid. You really should be making one setting adjustment at a time and then checking again, but also with the understanding that particularly on the front end of the machine, any, any threshing changes that you make is going to have an impact on the back end of the machine and what, how, your, how the, that material flows, right? What do so, you mean by that? What, tell me about the threshing changes you might make. Let's say the first change you decide to make, you think you're having your, your most severe loss point, your limiting factor is rotor losses. So the setting you decide to make is increasing your rotor speed. So, you know, we always recommend, and it is a good recommendation that you, that's all you do for now. And then check again and see how that particular change impacted your losses. The problem is, um, now you've increased that rotor speed, you have changed the way your the material is breaking up and you've changed the way things are going to be happening at the cleaning end of the machine at, on your sieves, right? So now with that one change, you've actually had multiple changes because now you've changed um, how that crop, how that material is reacting to the fan speed that, that you have. Um, how it is going to move through the sieves at the back end. If you had a positive reaction to that rotor change and you have less losses, that's great. You can call it a day and keep combining. If you had, if you're now experiencing more losses, you don't, you can't really say conclusively that is directly related to an increase in rotor speed. That could be an indirect result of changing the way that material is broken up and actually what could correct it is more or less fan or open and close your your sieves at the back end, right? The combine optimization tool at canolacalculator.ca also has tips to increase cleaning system capacity, which include sieve adjustments. If anyone tries to tell you that there's this there's these magic settings or this is exactly what your setting should be for canola and this is what they should be for wheat and um, you should be questioning how much they actually know about 
setting at Combine. Are there certain settings that you would focus on to make sure that the time spent is valuable? Or how do you, how would you sell sell this? Yeah, so I guess to back up a little bit, the message is you need to check to know, um, first of all. And, uh, and as far as which settings do you focus on, um, I, I think best to start with kind of the low hanging fruit. Um, I've, I've been in scenarios where for whatever reason, your brain automatically goes to, I need to switch out concaves. I've, you know, or, um, I've got worn components. I need to call the, the dealership and, and replace this because this is never going to work. Right. Um, but before we go to those extremes, which is going to take significant time and money, let's start with, am I maybe driving too fast? Um, because we, we talk about ground speed as, um, you know, obviously a, a miles per hour measurement, but we need to remember that every every field, every year is going to be a little bit different as to what the actual speed rate is. So, um, you know, if you're going, if you're, if you normally say, well, when I combine call, I like to go three and a half miles an hour. Well, three and a half miles an hour is going to give you a much different feed rate with a 55 bushel per acre crop that's got a lot of like vegetative material versus a 40 bushel crop with not much. So anyways, that's a long winded way to say that that's the easiest thing to first try and adjust. If your losses are high, back off on the throttle a little bit and see if, if that's really the limiting factor. It also brings up another good point is, is check because you may, you may realize you can push things harder than you currently are. Um, if your losses are, are low, um, maybe you're not being as efficient or as productive as you possibly could be with that machine. Part of Joel McDonald's message is this. When considering ground speed, think less about acres per hour and more about bushels per hour. Here's Joel and his ambient setting. People never think of, oh, I've got 50,000 bushels left to harvest this year. No, it's like I've got 1,000 acres left to harvest this year, right? Because that's we're just wired that way, geographical, right? Mm-hmm. We, we look at maps. That's just how we, how we work, right? So then, then instantly we start to think, well, how many acres per day? Well, we, I can harvest 150 acres a day with my combine, so then I need so many days. And, but when we really start to think about the function of, of the combine and how it really only cares more so about the bushels than the acres, um, that's where the, the quantum shift needs to come to, to start thinking about it at times in those ways, right? Here are closing words from Angela. When I, when I first started talking about this with council, I was pretty um, prescriptive about it. Like, you need to do it this often, you need to do it exactly this way, um, and, and this is the most accurate way to, to do those measurements so you're getting you know, a, a better picture of what the real bushels per acre of, of losses is. Um, I've kind of stepped that back a little bit to anything is better than nothing. Um, so if currently you're not checking at all and you're just using the combine loss monitors, then some way to check is better than, than that.
but then you can get into, you know, how to be more precise with those measurements. Thank you, Angela. Thanks, Jay, you too. And thanks to Joel McDonald and Pammy. That's P-A-M-I. Pammy has partnered with the Canola Council on a lot of this harvest loss work. To try the combine optimization tool, which was developed with PAMI, go to canolacalculator.ca. Angela says winter and spring are good times to try it out and see how it might help reduce your combine losses. I also recommend the Managing Harvest section of canolaencyclopedia.ca. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. Thanks for listening.